What's going on, beautiful people? This is Mr. No Excuses and my man, Jay. What's going on? What's going on? With another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast, where we provide therapy through conversation, restoring trust and community advocacy, one conversation at a time. What are those skeletons you've been hiding in your closet? What are those uncomfortable conversations that you need to have that may be holding you back from your progress? The more we talk about it, the more we communicate openly and honestly about it, the more we can start trusting each other. The more we start trusting each other, the more we can start building and growing with each other. So that's what we're here to talk about with the Hidden Truths Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe. We're available on all social media platforms and all listening platforms. Hidden Truths Podcast. For this week's Community Spotlight, we are shouting out one of my new favorite games. It's called Hip Hop Charades. You can check them out on IG, Hip Hop Charades. And when I tell you the game, it's basically like a black version of Taboo with more, you know, urban culture, more urban slang, things like that. So me and my fam played for this past Thanksgiving holiday, had a ball, had a ball. And you definitely, if you play it, you know, you got to have some young heads with you. The older heads ain't really going to understand it. So make sure you got your, your team squared away when you step up on this game. But Hip Hop Charades, be sure to check them out on IG. Tell them Hidden Truth sent you. So, Jay, what's the good word for the day, my brother? Well, 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 today we have some great topics going on, some very interesting topics. and We're going to gonna hit something that's kind of, you know, I'm always, always pro-business. So we get to talk about something that's pretty cool. Black business diversification. I know that's a big word for some of y'all out there, but it's okay. We're going to break that down for you. Break that down. But today we got a returning guest in the building. Introduce yourself there, go, sir. What's up? What's up? Uh, this is Haile Taylor. Appreciate you guys having me on again. I feel honored to be here. Oh, here we go. Buttering us up. Oh, man. He ain't. You know what? He's not even a guest. He's family, so we, you know, we ain't gonna treat him no different. He, he got to go in the refrigerator and get his own shit. So, you uh, know? man, <laughs> still gotta do that. Huh? Pretty much. After one time, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, you know, where the glasses at? Go get that shit yourself. You know where is it? <laughs> sure. So, so let, let, let me. You want me to start off? Yeah, here? go ahead. So, set it off. So, so let me start with you, E. When you hear black business diversification, what do you? What comes to mind? What do you? What, what do you think? So the reason I wanted to have this topic is because I've been to so many different events, you know, black networking events or um, seminars, panels, you know, whatever the case may well. be, I vendors, well. yep. um, trade shows, and I typically see the, the same, same type of business. Type of business. Now you got the Kente cloths, you got the incense, you got the candle makers, yeah, the, the homemade, the body oils, cream like soaps, yeah. t-shirt, screen print, the whole nine yards. And nothing wrong with that. Right. It's nothing wrong with nothing it. Nothing wrong with it. You know, but when I think of business, there's not a lot of diversity that I see within black businesses. And in order to really build and sustain an economy, you know, like we used to have back in the day, you know, you have to have more diversity. You, know, you can't you can't live off of shea butter. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some food. You got to have some clothes. You got to have, you know, those essential businesses to keep your economy and your community thriving. So that's why I wanted to have that topic today. So when I think black business diversification, I'm talking about having different types of businesses where you can actually build and sustain an economy off of. 
What do you say, Holly? What you think about when you hear, when you hear black business diversification? Um, really stands out that diversification. Um, something with variety. You know what I mean? Uh, you're basically uh, solving uh, or basically creating solutions for multiple problems, right? And um, personally, that begins with you know necessities, really. You know, uh, despite the market. You know, it's gonna sound kind of hypocritical because I'm in real estate, but even with real estate. Despite the market, you can thrive into it. So black business uh, diversification, you know, just black owners, just diversifying, you know, not really uh, filling one void, but filling multiple voids. That way, if one market is not doing well in a certain sector, the other one can thrive. So you're never really uh, up under the radar or not thriving. Because right. you're, you're basically covering all corners. Let, let, me, let me just throw this little monkey wrench in here. Now, before we start the podcast in here, we was in here clowning. And all of a sudden, Holly comes in here and turns his book reading self on and drops some knowledge on the system. <laughs> hey, diversification, like, right? Yeah. I like it. I like it. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to switch it up, man. You gotta be you gotta know when it's like, yo, let me tell you, show you what I'm really about out here. Diversity and communication. Holly, how, many, how many books you read a month? How many what you what you doing these days? Uh I try to read ten pages a day. That's what's up. That's but what's then up. I, I do I read a lot of articles as well. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Um but yeah, I mean, growing up, I wasn't a reader. You know, I actually, y'all remember, y'all remember Hooked on Finance? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I had it because I was actually about to be in remedial class because it always took me a little longer. That's real. Yeah. That's real talk. Real um, talk. So reading has never been my strong point. But now that I'm older uh, and an entrepreneur, like, I like to read because, I mean, it's knowledge, man. Like, everybody been through something that we're about to go through. Right, or I want right, to go through right, right. or been through. And so why not, you know, get some knowledge from somebody that's been there? Right, right. Use the operational experience. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I I'm not even gonna big up E right now. You ain't gonna big uh, up. Uh, uh, not today. Hate is real. <laughs> but um I like I like what y'all said about that diversification, man. Um I, I've been to a lot of these things with E and uh, we go to these different um business seminars and it's funny because like that's all you see it looks so similar mm-hmm. it's like every time you go it's like shoot you expect the same thing and one of the things um i had a very interesting conversation uh, a couple weeks ago i think i was telling you about it, e, um the business development the economic business development center of mecklenburg county um they have a minority sector that i actually go talk to some of the counselors in there and stuff and um they helped me with a lot of things for my business and what what it is we had a long talk like we were then talking about stuff we actually got off and um she was telling me that you know a lot of people a lot of us you know minorities come and you know we talk about business she is like it's sad because she says we there are so many different categories of business but minorities fit themselves in such a small circle of those categories. And it's sad because if we would just broaden, then we would have so many more opportunities that we just don't take up. So what, why do y'all think that is, though? Why do you think we tend to uh, kind of focus on just one small niche or one small market? Well, you don't want to hear my opinion on that. Let me let yeah, Holly yeah, do it first. I, whew. That's why I asked the question. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's that it's being uncomfortable, really. I mean, because as an entrepreneur, it's a risk you're taking, right? You're, you're basically, if you're new to being an entrepreneur, 
you're going from being comfortable and making a, a check uh, pay, uh, you know, day to day to all of a sudden betting on yourself. Right. right so right, when right. you're dealing with one business, you want to make sure that one is thriving well before you jump into another one. You know, because now it's saying it's another risk, right? Right, right, right. So right. I just think it's just being not being comfortable, really, man. To be honest with you. So do you think people are kind of looking at businesses that have already found some level of success and say, "I'm gonna do that too." You yeah. know, like barbershops. You know, that's a big thing. You know, salons. Um, you know, and regardless of how many there are, you know, people can still thrive in it. Yes. But that leaves a lack of diversity. So do you think that's kind of what it is? People kind of see that previous success and say, you know what, I'm just ride that wave. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's that. And, you know, just to be completely honest, I feel like our people were quick to jump into the uh, restaurant business, which just there's nothing wrong with it. You know, um, like now you have the vegan soul food. I think that's a good one. Right. But before, prior to that, it was mainly just soul food and down home cooking. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get it's so saturated that if they don't know you and you already have a following, it's, it's going to be tough mm -hmm. to keep that business going and, and thriving. So I think with business, just like anything else, you have to solve a problem that hasn't already been solved or that's on the rise of being solved as you speak. So you kind of just have to form, uh, find a niche. And I'm not going to say I got it all figured out. You know, I'm still working through. But just from all the readings that I do uh, and the research, that's basically what a person does is there's a problem. And it's a problem that we don't think that we bypass every day. Like, I guarantee you in 10 or 15 years, I'm going to say, dang, they yeah, came well, out with that. In yeah, why well, ain't think about 2019, that? 2019, why well, ain't think about that? You know, right. and at that point, it's too late. <laughs> right, right, right. That wave already didn't took off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what you think, Jay? Why do you think you know, we kind of... Uh, bucket ourselves into a small niche i think there's a couple of things i think one we're a product of our environment <clears throat> and what i mean by that is you do what you see mm -hmm. and a lot of us grow up that's what we see we see barbershops we see restaurants you know we see those kind of businesses that's what we know but we a lot of times we don't venture out past what we know so we only go as far as what we know so until you do more research in the world and know there's other things out here you're only gonna do what you know and what you know is usually comfortable so mm -hmm. you're like hey I see my barber got four chairs and he make money out the barber. I'm going to open me a barbershop. You open a barbershop. Well, you know, you got Nana's down the street that open up in the soul food restaurant. I want to do Nana's. Or you say, oh, my uncle cuts grass. He got a couple of lawns. You know, I want to cut grass too. These are the things we're around so much that, you know, we kind of gravitate towards because that's what we know. That's what we grow up to see that these are the business owners in our community. Um, that would be the first thing I think And you know I'll stop there You know we can comment on that I know y'all might have But do y'all think it's the same thing Do y'all agree on that Like that's what's in your communities Kind of shapes you To kind of want to do those things Yeah I, I absolutely agree I mean it's just like It's similar to choosing a major If you go to college right You're going to choose what A lot of times you've seen Other people thrive better What you've seen other people do That's one of the reasons why I think a lot of us are kind of pushed into the sports arena because you know we've seen so many other people try that as well and so one of our previous guests a few podcasts back said something that really resonated with me she's like you know it's like a unicorn you, know, you can tell me all day that it exists but if i've never seen it it don't exist to me so you could tell me about these different types of businesses that i could do but if i've never actually seen anybody do it then i'm gonna be a lot more hesitant to try because there's more risk involved versus okay well i've seen moms do this i've seen auntie do this or i've seen you know cousin earl do this so let me try that so i think yeah absolutely you're right on that one and secondly 
I guess it kind of goes with it too. Um, I think it comes down to even if you do know other businesses and you see it, you don't have people that can tell you how to get into it. And I think that's big because you have to learn. I mean, you can read all the books in the world, but sometimes it takes mentors. And we 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 kind of growing up in a society where people don't want to mentor; they want to hold you down, hold you back. They they feel like if I give you the information, then you're gonna hurt me in some way. You're gonna you're not hurt me, but stop me from succeeding in my success. And I think that's a bad thing. Like I was, I was talking to the lady; she's a great great lady. Um, her name's Jamila. She's like over the uh, minority part of the um, economic development here. And she was like, "It's funny because." A lot of people come in here and they look up all these things. They see that we have like government contracts for businesses. But the first thing they say is, well, how do I do that? Well, if it's a white owned business, they're not going to come and just say, hey, let me sit you down, son. Let me show you how to do this, which is sad because how do we better ourselves? Like, for instance, I can go to either one of y'all. Matter of fact, I use a prime example right now. Holly's right here with us and Holly does real estate. And I've asked you questions. And not once, not once has he ever said, yeah, bro, well, let me get back to you or, you know, let me let me look up some stuff. He's like right on point. Well, you know what? This is what I know about it. You know, and you need anything else. I help you. It's not a lot of people out there like that. Even you, E, if I ask you, yo, you wrote a book and I was like, E, well, what can I do? What kind of format or something? You're like, I'm going to shoot you this email of what I did. It's just not a lot of that out here in these days. Just help the young, younger generations to thrive and Again, I'm see if y'all agree, but that's where I feel like it's just not enough of us mentoring people to grow in these different areas that we know about. I absolutely agree. And I'll give you a prime example. Funny story. Um, around the town when I first started training, um, shortly after I moved to Charlotte, uh, there was another trainer that I had kind of linked up with. And, you know, he had been in the game for a while, um, probably 10, 15 years. So we was chopping it up one day, just chit-chatting. He was like, you know, hey, man, if you ever want to reach out to me for some information, mentorship, whatever, just holler at me. I said, cool. So some time went by and I followed him up on his word. And guess what he came back and said? Well, my hourly rate for uh, (laughs) for providing these types of uh, mentorship services or providing my expertise is yada, yada, yada. Now, granted. I feel like everybody should be compensated in some way for their expertise, but don't come off the rip and say, well, this is what I'm going to charge you for giving my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, especially when, you know, you haven't given me any proof necessarily of what this return is going to be on my investment. But I think that's what happens a lot of times is a lot of these quote unquote mentors try to sell the dream. Instead of actually providing tangible information And that becomes the hustle to selling that dream mm. And that's why I think a lot of times We lack um, Those accessible mentors Because a lot of people are just trying to monetize Giving advice mm-hmm. So yeah I'm, I'm right with you on that one Jay. Yeah. So with that being said man What what are some of the things With those two options we just said Do y'all think would take to change some people You know like you know change some of the attitudes To get more people you know, not even just change people to be more mentors, but how do you think we can get more involved to show people there are more things out there? Like, there's, there's so many other jobs or companies or businesses we can start, you know. Um, oh, you know what? Let me let me retract. There was one more reason why I believe that we don't get into other businesses. I believe we don't get into other businesses because they're not sexy. And the reason I say that is because 
like like you said restaurants to people people think that's cool people think that's you know oh you on a restaurant that's dope you on a nightclub that's cool you on a barbershop that's cool i don't know the last time i heard somebody say oh you pour concrete man that's cool I, i've never heard that before because people don't understand that you know making money is cool but the way you make it some people think that's not cool some people think oh you know it has to be some fad or some end thing you know so like somebody may say hello you do real estate holly that ain't cool the checks you get is cool though mm-hmm. so that's my thing i think a lot of that comes down to just uh, um status the status of what kind of business you own kind of gets people to say well if i own if i'm a, own a club or something not only will i make money but i'll be cool too yeah it goes back to that status and that image yes yeah yes yeah. i yes. think it's, it's big on the just the image in itself like a nightclub right it looks good and it feels good but you don't know that the club owner had to get there at five o'clock p.m right to set up to order the alcohol to label the alcohol to clean up to set up the tables you know what get I'm the saying? alcohol license yeah Ooh, to right. call yeah to call um you know a hostess that you know just called out sick you know what i'm saying it's the behind the scenes i think a lot of times we just look at the outer appearance like oh that'll be cool it'll be so easy but once we get into it we kind of retract right mm-hmm. nah, i don't want to do this no yeah, i didn't know it's gonna be that hard yeah i didn't know it's gonna be that hard um and so we just kind of retract and we either a keep it going because we in too deep and so our pride is out there and we do it and then we fail mm-hmm. rb we just we just learn from it right we do find a mentor like you were speaking with you know follow somebody that's already been our, our own the nightclub you know what i mean i mean it's funny you look at power you know, it's a lot of undertones in that, but yeah. I mean, just that in itself, you just kind of look at the whole layout. That kind of gives you some some things about the nightclub, you know. And we live in an inf- informational state uh, age right now, right? Um, when our parents grew up, it was a little more industrial, you know, uh, blue collar. Um, but now, it's so much information out there that there's no way in the world I should come up to you or you two and say, "Hey, man, how do you you start a podcast?" I can do that. But why not just Google how to start a podcast, get some information. Then I come to Jamie and E about, hey, how did y'all start? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just go like that. You know, I think it's a lot of information out there uh, for for others, for us to get, you know. So I think that's the first start is, you know, researching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is implying I searched before, but I'm going to research it again mm-hmm. uh, to see if I got it down. And then I'm going to reach out, like you said, to mentors uh, and people and, you uh, I encourage anybody to do a business, always look at the cons first, right? Because it's easy to look at the pros. Look at the worst possible case scenario. If I fail in three years, what what money can I live off of in these three years in case it doesn't go right? And once you do that in those three years, if you do good, guess what? It's like gravy on mashed potatoes. I know it's a bad analogy for you. You don't eat that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Vegan mashed potatoes with gravy. That's, that's bad. <laughs> But, uh, but you know what I'm saying You just right. expect the worst But aim for the best If that makes sense It's funny you Absolutely. say that It's funny you say that Because that's what I deal with uh, I always caught my first major business This is when I actually made some money I, um, When I started Shade Ice Spot That's what I did I looked at I looked at the worst scenario, Worst scenario I was like If I don't make money How can I recoup The startup budget that I did And that's what I That's what I went off I went off of like You know if I, I think I took out like 40, 50 K and, um, I was like, okay, I sell the truck. Um, I sell the machines I used to, you know, shave the ice. I looked at all these things. Now I was calculating. I was like, okay, how much more debt would I have to pay off to get back, you know, to where I was at? So that's what I did. That's, that was my first instinct though. It wasn't making the money. Well, let me tell you. 
first instinct was, oh, I can make some money. The second instinct was, what if I don't? Because mm-hmm. I got to be real. I, I can't be lying and say you don't think about making money because that's what going into business is about. But as a realist, I also said, what if I don't make it? What what would I be left with? And like even to this day, I still have assets that I'm still sitting on that's not making me money. But, you know, that's, that's just the things that go with business. So, you know, while we're on the top, that's a good point. One of the questions is, what business are we in today? Like, what are some of the business that we actually are working towards or actually into? So, health and wellness, that's the field that I'm in. Okay. Um, okay. You know, as far as the part-time, soon-to-be full-time. Yes, sir. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Hey, got to tell like it is. Working towards it, but I'm not there yet, just that's to be right, fully man. transparent, because right. a lot that's of people right. going through that same thing. But what made me get into that arena was my own struggles with uh, health and fitness, you know, my early childhood and adolescent years, and going through the phases of, uh, you know, losing weight, seeing what that takes, uh, just helped me become that much more passionate about it because I know what it's like to be overweight. And so, you know, when I walk by a donut or <laughs> some pizza or something like that, I'm like, man, I ain't trying to go back there. I know how hard it's going to be to work that off. That's going to cost me about 50 burpees right there. See, I wish I could think about that when I walk. I think about it. Do I got enough money to buy this thing? Let me go get this. Start thinking about it in terms of how many miles you're going to have to run. And then that'll, that'll change your whole perspective. Like, nah, let me just get this salad. I can knock that out about three crunches. <laughs> so you went, you basically saying you went to health and nutrition because you wanted to change your lifestyle before from the past. Like you were unhealthy and you said, hey, I, I made a change, but I also feel like this change can be a business. Yeah, correct? absolutely. That, that, that's part of it. It was, you know, my past helped to drive my passion, which eventually became the business. And then also with having so many people ask me about it even before I got certified, you know, even back in college, I was like, you know what, I might as well monetize this since people are constantly asking me questions about it. And so when it's something that you're good at, something that I enjoy doing, and up until the point where I started monetizing, I was doing it for free. I'm like, well, that's the perfect marriage right there because that's, to me, how you formulate a business. You know, what are you good at? What are you skilled at what are you great at doing what do you enjoy doing and then what would you not mind doing for free because at some point you know if you're first starting out you're probably not going to be making that much so that's what helped to shape the path that i chose in health and wellness that's dope that's dope and it's funny because you know and i'm speaking because i know this dude you know um it's funny because you not only health and wellness so broad when you speak on it because you went from writing writing a book to um, speaking engagements, to I don't want to say this wrong. I don't. I don't want to call them seminar the training sessions. Either. Is that what you call them? Training sessions? Yeah, yeah. Online training. Courses. Online training courses. So right, you right, know, right. it's the business is not just you know. Hey, I know health nutrition. This dude does a lot. So you know, it leads to a, a multiple things within one facet. So it's pretty dope, man. I, I I appreciate looking at that dude and things he's doing. So you know. He diversifies himself within a niche, and I think that's what a lot of people don't even understand that you can you can diversify yourself in one area. It's just you're doing different things under one umbrella. So it's pretty mm-hmm. dope, man. I like that. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Harley? What you got uh, um, business wise? Business wise, I have a laundry mat that I have since 2013, and then I have a real estate investment company, which we just basically buy distressed properties or discounted properties. And- uh, 
flip them and sell them. What what's the name of that company? All Acres LLC. And make sure y'all remember that, guys. Make sure y'all remember that. So, what made you get into it? Like the first off, we start. What made you get into laundromat? Laundromat. So, um, prior to 2013, I was pursuing the football dream because I played football for a while. Um, I had sustained an injury in 2010, and so between 2010 and 2012, my career was kind of rocky because you know when you get hurt. Um, and you got new rookies coming in that's healthy. It kind of you kind of on your way out. You know, I hate to say it like that. Mm-hmm. Say NFL. That's stand, true though. That's stands true. for not for long. And I mean, that's, I that's that. basically that's, crazy. that's basically it. You know. Um, Can I pause you right there? Because yeah. I think a lot of our listeners might not even know who you used to play for. But yeah, he's very, very like you yeah, know, he's very modest with it. Very modest, yeah. like <laughs> you know, which is cool. You know, I no, appreciate I, I do. That. It's just you know, I try to big us people like. You know, I talk a lot of shit to E, but E's probably one of the most modest people I know, and Holly's right on that same level. These two, some two very good cats over here that I know, like, he's played for a couple teams, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, y'all. Yeah. Just, so, yeah, saying, it, uh, this is homegrown right here. So, you know, from Longburn, North Carolina, mm-hmm. played DN at uh, Chapel Hill, UNC Tar Hills, and then went on to play NFL for a very young Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, yep. yes, and sir. then uh, a couple of years in Canada as well. Um, but um, when I sustained an injury in 2010, um, I was having a tough time uh, getting on a team uh, after I got released by the Panthers in 2011, which was Ron Rivera's first year. So when he came in, he kind of cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from 2011 to 2012, I was basically uh, sitting out, mm-hmm. uh, just getting calls about potential workouts, but that wasn't happening. So. At this, at this point in my life, I was facing reality. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So to fast forward, uh, I reached out to my brother who owns a dry cleaners near Duke University. And so me and him always had like good conversation about business. And so we were just talking one day and I said, hey, bro, like what? What do you recommend I can put my money to use to? I said, because it looks like I'm either going to be playing in Canada or football is done. So I need something passive income where I don't have to be there in case I do get a call in Cali or go to Canada. And so um, he said, bro, you need to check out a laundromat. And I'm not going to lie, when he first told me that, I was like, bro, a laundromat, quarters? Like, how can you make money off quarters? Quarters uh, make dollars. Not yet. <laughs> not knowing, right? Right. So uh, once he told me about it, it, it spiked my interest. And so just like anything else, I researched it for six to nine months. And we met with uh, owners that was already in the business. Um, and then we met with some that we were potentially going to buy. But... Uh, Things fail through, um, you know, rather they say they own equipment. But once we do our due diligence, find out that they were actually renting equipment. So it would have been another fee we would have had to, mm-hmm. you know, occur if we would have bought it. Um, and then one uh, laundromat was going to buy the uh, landlord said he didn't want another laundromat there. So they had another year. So we find that out. So long story short, we circle back to the first laundromat that told us no circle back i said hey bro let's the worst case they can tell us no let's see when you just get them to sit down and talk to us right, right uh right. set up the meeting sat down and talk to us and so as of march 2013 they sold it to us and uh ever since then man it's been a uh it's, it's been a blessing and i like it because i don't have to be there uh, my brother doesn't have to be there as much um the only uh, consistent overhead is the cleaner that, uh, that cleans it up every day. Oh, okay, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then next to him is we have a technician that way if a machine does break down, they go and fix it. Uh, so there's that one. And then uh, real estate is something I've always been infatuated by. My dad, by him being an entrepreneur, 
he's always been big on you cannot reproduce land you know and as you know businesses is basically supply and demand you know the less the supply the higher the demand you know if the demand is high and so um that's something I've always been uh, fascinated by, and I looked over over the years, but what really spiked my interest is I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki. Uh, if you guys haven't read it, read it. If listeners haven't read it, read it. And it kind of puts things in a perspective, uh, in a way of being an entrepreneur and not really working uh, for a company per se, not to say if anything's wrong with it, but um, just kind of working for yourself and how to do that and what's going to come along with that. <laughs> And so uh, after reading that book, I said, you know what, um, let me go ahead and dive in. So during this time, I was working for BMW. Well, I had, no, I hadn't yet worked for BMW. I read that book. So one of the things Robert Kiyosaki says is that he works for he worked for a Xerox company in order to get better at sales. And he basically says, if you're good at sales, you can be a good businessman, an entrepreneur. So I said, you know what, I'm going to work at a car dealership. Uh being 28, 27 years old, uh, it was kind of like I was just getting out of college, right? Because I had never had the opportunity to go look for a job because I had immediately, you know, went to the, the NFL after college. So uh, I went there. Uh, one dealership gave me an opportunity and uh, ended up doing pretty well. It taught me the ins and outs. And so after that, went to real estate and uh, been in it for about a little over a year now. And uh, it's going well. We're learning a lot, but... Um, you know, I like it because I ain't gonna get too deep, but yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. I like it though. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'll sit here like you should shut me off. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. nah. nah go, go ahead and give us all that juice. <laughs> yeah, all the juice. You got everybody all in, in, into the phone. Man, this is dope. <laughs> that's dope, man. That's yeah, dope. Yeah. Um, I think I started my journey. Uh, my first business was. Uh, and I don't know what y'all what do y'all consider a first business? I, I always wonder what is is your first business what you're profitable off of is what you've tried. I've tried a lot of different things. I just don't know what would y'all consider. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. consider it whatever you're profitable off of. Because oh, okay. if it's not profitable, then it's really more of a, a hustle. So a try and fail is not considered a business. In I your would, book, in I, yeah, book, I would consider it a business attempt. Okay, okay. So then my first business would be the shaved ice spot I opened. Mm-hmm. So I um, opened a shaved ice spot in a prominent area in Charlotte, South Park. And I basically opened it because I was looking for something low, I guess, low entry. You know, something that wouldn't be as much because, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money. But I knew I could probably get together enough to start something. So I went around in summertime and I seen all these lines of shaved ice place. And I just stuck my head in. I was like, man, it's very simple. So that's what made me start. It wasn't, it wasn't I had a love for. I mean, I liked it. I like, a lot of people like shaved ice. It wasn't that I liked it. It was just, it seemed like something doable at the time. You like making money. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I did my research and I opened it up. And um, that's the reason behind that one. I can go to a long story about it, but no, the reason I opened it is just because it was a smaller entry than, you know, going into a franchise or something like that. That's where my business really just started going from there. Um, my second business is um, I have been starting application development, starting apps and stuff. And that basically came from that business. So one of the reasons, one of the things I got from that business was I could only reach the people in the general area, you know, a five, 10 mile radius. And I was like, man, what would happen if I could reach farther? And I was like, well, I can't do it this way. What's another way to do it? So I was like, ooh, maybe I can reach people through technology. So I decided to um, start my own app where I can reach people farther 
no matter what location you're in and pull in generate money from anywhere so that's how i got into the app business so that's where my stuff came from so what were because you mentioned some some failed attempts or you know some, yeah, some lessons yeah. that you had what were some of the, a few of the businesses that you attempted and why do you think they weren't profitable um i i had and it's funny i'm in technology i went to school for it so i guess that's where i started it i i'll build websites for uh different people so i had i started my own hair business while I was selling bundles of hair to our people um I also started um, a service, a uh, valet trash service for yeah, apartments. Yeah. Um, what else did I do? I did that. That. Those were probably the two biggest. Oh, I even tried to do like a. Um, oh, what is it called? Drop off care for um, kids. So like, if you went on a date and you got kids, you can drop them off for a couple hours and come pick them back up type thing at like a church or something. So. Okay, kind of like a temporary daycare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just temporary daycare. So gotcha, I tried gotcha. those. Okay. Ones. So what was the other question you asked about those, E? Why they didn't work? Yeah, why do you think they didn't um, work? And also, what lessons did you learn from those uh, opportunities before? Uh, well, they probably didn't work because, one, I I didn't know failure. I didn't know what failure tasted like. And when you when you, when you you taste failure for the first time, you're kind of like, ugh, I don't want to taste it. And it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, Okay, not gonna do that, and you drop it just like that. You don't keep trying. You don't, you know, you just drop it. Um, and that's probably also, you know, what stopped me from doing a lot of them because I could have probably worked harder, went to different avenues, and actually accomplished, but I didn't. And I even had a failure with the business that was a was a, what I call success. Like with Shade Dice business, um, it took me two years to open. It's funny because one of my best friends uh, seen a place, the actual place I ended up opening two years before and they weren't they didn't allow me they were like yeah we're not letting nobody rent it out but I was like fine so I kept looking just so happened he rolled by one day and they had a they had a sale rent sound out and I was like oh okay call back so I ended up going to the exact same place that I had on my list to begin with and that's where I ended up opening it so I think just pushing forward past a failure is probably the one lesson I've learned like you can't let failure just turn you away automatically you kind of got to be like okay this went wrong. What can I do now? And that's probably the biggest lesson. But what, like I said, I when you're young, and I don't mean young in age. When you're young in business, you you sometimes do young acting things. Like kids, when they're young, they don't know any better, so they may do it and get discouraged from it. And you have to talk them through it. And I've had, I I swear, I say this all the time to y'all, and I told I wasn't gonna boost it. Yeah, but I got some of the best friends in the world that never go ahead and boost us up. <laughs> <laughs> ain't but five eight. I can use some booster. <laughs> this is why. This is why. But no, like these 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 fellas that I hang with have probably been in increment in what I've done in my life. Like they've always pushed me to be better, brother. No matter how harsh, because just eat shit, boy. You can be harsh at times, but honest. And I think if you can understand that harshness is not always negative, sometimes it's that push you need. It'll get you far, farther than you think you can go. And I think that's what really helped me is just having the right circle of people around me. And that's what I tell anybody. Your circle, your team means more than anything. You know, they can lift you up out of death and bring you back alive. So that's probably what probably happened in my stories or what of my success. So. Oh, so just to kind of round it out, just the type of businesses, businesses that us three 
you know, health and wellness, you know, real estate, uh, laundromat, laundromat, and then you know, the shaved ice. Not doing it now, but you know, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a successful business and now app development. Uh-huh. So within that, there's a lot of diversity. diversity, you know, just within this table of three of us sitting here. So what do y'all think? It's from a broad standpoint, some of the benefits are when we talk about black business diversity. Like, well, how how does that benefit the community overall, in y'all's opinion? I think it benefits because now they can see, you know, earlier, Jamie, you were saying that uh, we were product of our environment, right? Yes. So if they actually yes. see the products in the environment they are used to seeing, then it helps them now be curious, like, okay, well... That's doable. Did it. Yeah, that's doable. All right, what are you doing? You know, man, I want to get into health and fitness. I like working out. So yep. then, therefore, you can be that mentor where we sometimes lack in the community and tell them how they can do it. You know what I'm saying? And guide them on their way. So I think that's a start, you know, is actually being that product. Um, funny story, you know, where we from, um, not too many people made it out uh, in the sports world. We always had good athletes, per mm-hmm. se, but we, nobody never really made it out. Um a person I looked up to was Lorenzo Harrington, which he played in the NBA for 10 years, you know, even though it's two different sports, because I seen him make it professionally, it made me believe even more like, okay, well, he can make it, I can too, you know? And so that that little bit like catapulted, catapulted me on asking him, like, what does it take to get there? You know, not to the NBA, to the NFL. And so once I seen him making it, he told me what to do. It was it. Put my head down and, and just did it. So I think that's the start um, for everything, right? Is us uh, basically going back to our communities, right? And helping these younger kids out and know that, hey, like y'all can do it. Whatever you want to do. You don't have to be an athlete, you know? You can be, a, you know, health and wellness coach, you know? You can be an app developer, right? And you'll be amazed sometimes when you tell these kids that they're like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you I never heard about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I just think that's the start, really, man. It's just being present, you know, being present. Um, like Nipsey, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, he was present a lot, you know, and unfortunately, you know, you see what happened out of that. But I think you probably wouldn't have had any other way because by him being so present, like community embraced him. Like mm-hmm. he, he reverberated a whole, like, U.S. You know? Right, right, You know right. what I'm saying? Which is just him trying to help and, and build up a community that for years was just looked over. Right? Mm-hmm. It was poverty stricken. Uh, it was a lot of violence, gangs. And so I think he's like one of the best examples that we can relate to. Well, me personally, I can relate to. I never knew Tup- like, Tupac. He's a little older than me or whatever. But uh, Nipsey, just to see how he came up, is the one that I can look at. It was like, you know what? Like, he took... Uh, he was a product of an environment, right? Mm-hmm. But he actually he actually changed that, right? So he was a product of it. He was an ex-game member or whatever. And still, you know, had dealings with people that you're like, well, why are you still hanging around them? But he was able to affect their lives as well, right? right and right, show right. them a better life. Like, hey, we, we ain't got to do all this game banging on no, time. Right, right, right. We can do this, right? Right. And so now you see a video of, of a blue and red, of a blood and a crib, you know, him and, uh, you know, the game and, and him and uh, YG, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Together. So just little things like that, I think, really helps um, helps us. It's just basically just starting with where we come from, right? And if people don't know where we come from, tell them where we're from uh, and about about us. And I think that starts the conversation. Yeah. You know? So I think that's a start, yeah. yeah. What about you, Jay? Um, so some of the benefits of diversification in black business. Um, I, I think it has a lot to do with just uh, like you said, just being able to show 
um, to be able to give light to things that most black people wouldn't like. I mean, I'll never forget that when I first opened my shade ice shop, I, I think I got laughed at. A lot of people don't even know that. Like, I didn't have any business. It was a small shack in the middle of a uh, shopping area. And, you know, people would be like, yo, what, what is that? You know, and, you know, it, people people are, I don't want to say mean, I guess, but people do, by human nature, they don't, they don't, if they don't understand it, they don't really know how to accept it. And so, because I wasn't that sexy business, you know, people were like, oh, okay, that's well, I can laugh or I can be like, it's not going to make it. Until they started seeing that, you know, I started having lines of people outside or I was mentioning, you know, uh, a social media uh, platform that talks about the new hot stuff in Charlotte. And those things make people realize that, oh. Oh, he's legit. Exactly. Oh, now I can go. Now you're validated. Now I can go. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, but it's shaved ice. I never thought that would be a good business. So maybe I sparked something in somebody to be like, okay, maybe the other business ain't always the way to go. So I I think that's probably one of the things I got the most out of it. Like my nephew, I never forget. um, I would have to bring like, you know, pick up the cash and stuff like that. And um, one Saturday he came to visit for the weekend and I was at the house and he was like, yo, you're not, you're not going to work. I know you got your business. I don't have to, I've hired people to do what I need to do. And I can see in his eyes. He's like, wow. Mm -hmm. And that kind of feeling, you know, to put into a young kid, it's empowering. Well, it's, it is. And it's not It's not like I'm trying to say I'm over anybody. It's just, yo, you can do this too. You can right. make money from other people working for you. It's yeah. not It's not impossible. That, that That's what a business is. Like if, it is. If your business is only one person, then you really don't have a business because if something happens to you, then your business is no longer making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that from the, uh, the book you're saying, the, the Four Quadrants. Um, well, I think it's... Uh, yeah, where they have uh, you have business, you have a, a person that ha- well, how's it where you got a person that works a regular nine to five, employee, an employee, self-employed, and then if the employee ever gets sick, you know he doesn't he doesn't get money, you know he can get fired any day. Mm-hmm. Then you got the self-employed person where he has to be to work every day, even though he works for himself, he got to be work every day. If he misses a day of work, he misses money. Then it has the business owner, which a real business is not somebody that has to be there. He makes money off the actions of other people. System, yeah. And then you have uh, I, which is investors that just invest their money to make money work for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly believe that's probably the one thing that sparked the most before I opened that last. But I was like, wow, this is incredible. Just to read it and understand that we really don't know what a business is. Because people think when you open a business and you're working every day, you have a business. No, you're just self-employed. The yeah. business means it can it can abstain abstain itself. Am I saying that right? Sustain, sustain itself without you being there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like I said, that think that is the one thing I got the most out of just being able to show somebody else that hey, you could do something that you probably see other national nationalities do, and you can do it too. It's not that far fetched. Yeah, I think. I mean, both of y'all made great points. Like showing people that it is possible especially you know the younger generation who they may just be on the track of oh i have to go to college or i have to play sports or i have to you know go work a nine to five or whatever the case may be but when you start showing them different types of businesses like jay mentioned earlier you know pouring concrete or being an electrician you know all this infrastructure that we have you know that requires those same skills you know the welding the carpentry the brick masonry you start showing kids that 
type of um, those type of opportunities. Yeah, it's hard work, but you look at it from the standpoint of again being a business owner, having a thriving business, where you get to the point where you're not the one doing the labor, you're hiring workers now to do that for you. So and you know, and grownups too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah, you, and grownups. Like absolutely, it, it also feels good to let other people, even in your same age bracket or older, know that hey, we can still do this. Mm-hmm. I think it's inspiring to let people know, hey, start a business. I know it's scary. And, and I think one of the biggest things that happened to me was somebody came to me. I never I was at work in the shop and somebody came up. He's like, yo, how'd you do this? And it just felt good. Cause I was yeah. like, man, these are the questions I used to ask people. Yo, how do you do this? Right. Yeah. Somebody asked me, yo, how'd you open this up? What'd you do? What, what, what did you, where'd you go to get this? Or well, and I had no problem saying, yo, I sit down and talk to you. Cause now you're putting yourself in more of that mentor you know, yeah. leadership role. And that's how you know you're on the right track. And it wasn't a, and it wasn't, it wasn't a black person, and that really shook my like, wow, you, you can come ask me something now. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty empowering, man. So, so let me ask y'all this, because um, I know we kind of getting close to time. So we're talking about black business diversity, and one of the questions that I always ask is, well, how do you find the black businesses? You know, if you just go to a random city. How do you find those black owned businesses? Because I I don't know. I know here in Charlotte, there's different groups like um, there's a black business group on Facebook uh, where you can find some black businesses. Um, there's also a group called uh, or a website called We Buy Black. That's more on a national level, not just here in Charlotte. But outside of that, those are the only two. So where do you go to find the black businesses? Let me answer that first. I don't know. Be honest, I don't. I mean, I don't. Unless I just <laughs> happen to straight real, I don't know. Unless I just happen to see some on social media about this black-owned business, yeah. and I don't know. I mean, that's why you know we're real big on promoting black businesses here because these are businesses that not a lot of people know about. That's not you know uh, periodical that you can pick up and just have a list of it. Shoot, I come to you for most of them. Now I really think, but I actually ask you more often. I get more business black business knowledge from you than I get from anybody else. Word of mouth is probably. Yeah, word of mouth, really. What about yeah. you, Holly? I mean, yeah, the same. Word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. I think uh, the first time you had me on, you know, just like you just did before we started, kind of shout out a business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you kind of put me on. I was like, oh, I didn't know they had, uh, you right. know, that, that, that vegan spot up in University. Oh yeah, I think yeah. It was, uh, Bell Tree. Bell Tree. Yep. You yeah. put me on with that. Yeah. The, the takeout spot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Jamie on that. It's, it's through you, really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's big ups. You you do support black owned business, man. That's just real big. People don't know that when you go and you know somebody is you know a black owned business, you support them to the fullest. And that's that's truly a blessing amongst you know what people don't do. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it's too many times, and I'm not gonna get off on this tangent, but too many times we as a community fight over the crumbs and forget to look at the whole picture. There's enough out here for everybody to eat. You know, if I can drive some business towards. Uh, another business or another you know person or whatever by all means i'm gonna do it because now we're building a relationship you know i'm helping big you up so you know and i don't do it for anything in return but hopefully we've been in a relationship to where you can say oh Ernest or you know hit and choose podcast or whoever they shouted me out let me show them some love too now i know back in the day i don't know if y'all ever heard of this thing it was called the green book but that was a a listing of all black businesses. You know, you had doctors, lawyers, dentists, 
um, you know, the whole nine yards. But I don't think anything like that exists anymore. So I think now that we're talking about it, that creates an opportunity to develop something like that. You know, so you can go to any city and, okay, I'm looking for, you know, a black owned restaurant or I'm looking for a black owned hotel um, or, you know, anything and just have it readily available for you because you're right there's not other than word of mouth that maybe just happening to find something on social media there isn't not that i've seen yeah so yeah that's that's an opportunity right there that's an observation that's a business there yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. you know as we were talking about it um so i know we mentioned a couple books that we've read i know you mentioned rich dad poor dad um another good one in terms of business, is a four-hour work week. That's by that's Tim book. Ferriss. You put me on that. Yeah. That's a good book, yeah. man. It's four-hour work I'm week. It's getting good. Oh yeah, it's, it's real good. good. And the premise of the book is like we've talked about before: how to essentially replace yourself within whatever business that you're involved in. Meaning, you don't want to have to be the one that's doing everything within your business. You right, want to get right, to the right. point to where you aren't even really needed at the business. You're collecting the income from the business. And so he talks about that in the standpoint of even, you know, with working a desk job or a nine to five job, how to automate a lot of things so that you become that you become more efficient with your time. And that's really kind of the premise of the book is how to become more efficient with your time and how to essentially outsource yourself to where now your time is used on build, continuing to build the business and not just working in the business. So that's definitely a dope read. But any other ones y'all got? You know, if you're if people are inspiring to be, you know, in business, I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad would is a great read just because it breaks down the differences of where you stand in your business journey. Whether like I said, whether you're a nine to five, you're self employed, you're a business owner your investor i think it really just breaks down and I, I, I know you read the book so it just it breaks down things to a point where you probably never thought of it in that way and i think that's what really inspired me when i was reading like man i never thought of it that way so that's a really good one um if i had to pick another one well another one of my favorites that i actually and i'm not a big person to read books twice but who moved my cheese is a really good book it's really short but it's a really good book yeah you mentioned it a couple of times yeah, i still I really like check that it book. out really good but really short I read it over vacation. I went to, uh, I think I went to Cabo or something. I read it over the whole vacation. It was a good book, good read. So it's, it's just gets your mind different, thinking differently about things. Not just business, but just how you how you, how you, you go about thinking when you're making decisions and moves. So. Got any other ones, Holly? Any other books you might say? Um, There's one called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Oh, I've heard of that. Heard of that, yeah. yeah so it's, uh, on my list. it's pretty good. It's in terms of negotiating. I use the words which can can help in business as well. Um, the other one I was just thinking about is called um, what's the name of that book? The Alchemist. Yeah, that was a great book That's too. A good book, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they have another one called The Richest Man in Babylon. Which yep. Is, 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 Read that it's, one it's, too. It's a biblical premise. But it's basically just talking about how you know to run the business, really how you pay yourself and mm. percentage and all that. So that was pretty good too. Um, yeah, all of those has been kind of staples. Uh, with the whole business thing, uh, I'm reading one now, uh, Leadership 2.0. It's the same writer that wrote uh, Emotional Intelligence. Y'all heard of that? Haven't yeah. heard of those. Yeah, yeah. Heard, yeah. So it's basically talking about how to be a, a better leader, 
uh, or a boss or whatever. So, gotcha. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's crazy. I never would have said if, even five years ago that I enjoy reading, but I, <laughs> I, I actually do now. Like sometimes I, I try to read ten pages. And I, you know, sometimes you count like, all right, page twenty nine. I mean, I got to stop at thirty nine. We getting so <laughs> like good. school. Yeah. How many more pages? I got I'm doing. <laughs> but actually, now, man, uh, I just keep reading. You yeah. know, like, oh man, I'm on page fifteen. And like, but yeah. But, and that's uh, what I'm saying. What, like, that's not. I don't read a lot of books. I read the books y'all suggest because I know y'all been through them. But I read a lot of magazines. But my magazine reading has changed so much from what I used to to now. Like, I used to read a lot of uh, Ebony. Jet. Jet. <laughs> Jet, yeah. You did a week. Just just page, that one page. Page 43. Yeah. <laughs> um But all right, men <laughs> men's health. Uh what was the other one? GQ. Um so you stupid, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all boys cutting up. Well, I like it. I don't know, but now I just read more magazines. Like I said, I guess I just gravitate to it. Like I read Ink, I read Fast Money, or is it Fast Company? Oh, just two is both of them. All my all my stuff is just more business oriented, and just to show how diverse I am, you know, I know more about different types of businesses than I knew about the things I'm interested in. I just like reading on how different businesses work. And I'm I've, I've read about uh, WeWork, which is a business mm-hmm. that opens different um, shared working spaces. Um, I've read about SoftBank, which is a huge investment company. Um, I read about all this stuff because. One way or the other, you're going to learn something from how that business is structured and works that you can apply in your own business somehow, no matter how small or how big. So Absolutely. I try to take what I get and, you know, just hopefully make money off of that. So I'm going to throw a couple at you. Um, you got Pride Magazine. That's a black-owned magazine here in Charlotte. So they talk a lot about different black businesses um, and different things going on politically as well. Um Fortune 500, that's that's definitely a staple and as far as the magazine goes. And books, another book is uh, Black Wall Street. Um, if, if anybody's not familiar with it, I'll just give you a 15-second you know, rundown. Black Wall Street was a prominent black area, uh, community and thriving businesses in the Greenwich District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so it had... It was a self-sustaining economy in itself. You know, it had black-owned grocery stores, black-owned uh, dentists, lawyers, everything that you needed. Um, unfortunately, because it was during a time of uh, you know racial tension, you know, it, it it was brought down. It was destroyed, you know, because of that. Um, so, not to give away too much of the book for those who are going to read it, but when you read it, or when I read it, I look at the diversity within those black businesses that they had and the the ability that they had to be self-sustaining. And so, again, go, kind of rounding all this out, the reason that we're talking about business diversification is so that we can have our own thriving communities within themselves. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a real good read. Really, really got so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready and wrap this thing on up. Y'all got any final words, closing thoughts? Um, I just think that you know, uh, like I always say, when it comes to business, man, just take that leap, take it. Regret it if you don't, because you never know what could came with. Just make sure you got a parachute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what, E? I'm, I'm gonna say this, and it may, it's gonna go against what you said. You sometimes don't. Sometimes every business don't have a parachute. 
can't I, I don't think a person can always think that they're gonna jump out there and get in a business and then they're gonna be able to say hey well I'm not gonna go in any debt from this sometimes you gotta you gotta take that risk risk you're gonna go it's gonna be risk with everything e I know you've taken risks mm-hmm. highly I know you've taken risks I mean don't think that the business you start you're gonna be able to recruit all the things you put into it sometimes you don't whether it be time whether it be money sometimes you just don't recruit everything and no a lot of times not even just, a lot of times you won't just be prepared for what you're getting into right and i and i don't disagree with anything you said at all my point with when i say you have a parachute that means calculated risk like you want to start a business don't just jump out there and you haven't done any research or you yeah, don't that's know the risk of the business yes, 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 you yes. don't have you know a, a, a you know, your savings stacked up to where if the business fails, you know, you have some money to live off of. So that's what I mean when I say have, have a your plan. parents you. Yeah, have, have a plan. Calculated risks. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close this thing on out. This is the Hidden Truths Podcast coming to you once again. We always appreciate my man, Holly, stopping through, showing some love and blessing us with this uh, intellect and business acumen. Yeah, you can turn it off now, Holly. <laughs> go back to your hood way. Yeah, go. <laughs> yeah take, take him back to 910. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah ladies and gentlemen you can find us on uh, ig hidden truth podcast and all listening platforms uh hidden truth podcast and if you ever want to be a guest on the show or if you got any ideas for topics suggestions feel free to shoot us a dm we're always available kings and queens as always stay up we out <laughs>